0: Is the path to becoming a great teacher grounded only in the development of pedagogical, content and technological knowledge? Or does acknowledging, assessing and attending to one's current state, the well-being linchpin for growth that exceeds beyond the professional realms? This episode features educator and life coach Marcel Vieira, who simply put, helps people become better versions of themselves. So thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoy this episode and please support this podcast by sharing, rating, and don't forget to subscribe. Welcome to the Lifelong Learning Podcast with Chris McGuire. Hello and welcome to episode 11 of the Lifelong Learning Podcast. And today I'm joined by educator and life coach extraordinaire, Marcel Vieira. How are you doing, Marcel? I'm pretty good, Chris. Uh, Extraordinaire. I didn't realize I was extraordinary
1: at it, but thank you. (laughs) I appreciate it. I'd like to give
0: a good introduction on the show. So, Marcel, education and life coaching. There must be a story in there from that education to life coaching? Um, Yeah, I guess so.
1: The Well... I think sometimes teachers tap into the idea that um, we we move beyond just teaching content. Mm-hmm. Um, although I think it's fair to say not every teacher does. But I think uh, at least the teachers that I admire, there's something else uh, that they're bringing to the table. Mm-hmm. And especially with with today's technology. Like to, to give you a quick story. I remember one time, you know, you'd appreciate this being a musician yourself. I mm-hmm. uh, wanted to learn the guitar solo to the song Rosanna by Toto, right, with uh, the guitarist, Steve Lukather. And so, you know, start searching and finding out information about, you know, getting the music, getting the the recordings of it. Mm -hmm. And I start to find people online that are showing me note for note what to play and I find, you know, backing tracks for it and I find the sheet music. And the, the one that really trumped it all was that I found an interview with Steve Lukather actually showing you note for note, oh, this is what I did back in the 80s or whenever the song was recorded, now and there's actually a resource shows, <laughs> And there's a resource, right? And so when uh, the the difference that I see is that in today's society, kids have got access to this stuff just at the drop of the hat. Mm-hmm. So it's not – I don't think it's enough – at the moment for me to come in and just say, oh, I'm going to teach you how to play that when someone else can show them so much better. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to just the content, um, if it's just delivering the content, there's so much more that's, uh, in a lot of cases way better than I could ever teach it. Mm-hmm. But there's the, the missing link, though, is that relationship building and it's understanding uh, students at that uh, individual level and even at the group level. And that's where I think the coaching really comes in. Mm-hmm. So you can learn a lot off YouTube, but you can't um, necessarily guide someone through the challenges that they're having or help them. Uh, become successful at what they're doing that's i think where the, the coaching side of it comes in really nicely
0: yeah you're right that that platform for self-directed learning is there but it's still having that that guide with you you know to identify where you're at and identify your next step yes
1: yeah and uh, quite often you know it's it's all these light bulb moments that teachers talk about and, and a lot of the time they happen just in a conversation mm-hmm. um, they often happen when uh, the, the person's had trust uh, with, with the teacher there, because you know, for whatever reason they 've either invested the time or or even they 've just taken a moment to listen to where they 're at mm-hmm. um, and because of that, sometimes that can trigger that light bulb moment that makes the difference later on with the, with the student or with the teachers as well
0: and the light bulb moment isn 't it just a magical <laughs> it's yeah feeling, <laughs> you know?
1: yeah. it's uh it's it's i think as a teacher it's really exciting you, again coming in and just delivering content yeah anyone can do that but it's when you make those connections mm-hmm. um and when a student finally gets it or when a teacher just goes "Wow, i never approached it that way mm-hmm. uh, and it happens for me as well i go through them all the time where where i kind of sit back and go wow i didn't realize that that's a better way to do it or that
0: um I need to chill out a bit more Mm -hmm. or whatever the case might be. Okay, so thinking about coaching as a framework, what's the difference between, say, a mentor, a teacher, a guide, and a coach? Okay, so I guess
1: traditionally the teacher, uh, the traditional teacher, right, would uh, be the the knower of all the knowledge, and their job is to come in and uh, pass on the knowledge to the students. Uh, and mm-hmm. then the students learn that knowledge, and then they get reassessed. Uh, if you think about it, I guess traditionally that way. And I know that it's changed. Yeah. Um, thankfully, Tra- it's <laughs> been a traditional
0: transferal of
1: information, yes. transmitting. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, the the difference with a mentor is, um, at, at least my understanding of it, is mm-hmm. that a mentor is often someone who's been there and done that, mm-hmm. uh, and can show you uh, a, a path. Yep. Right. So if you're if you're mentored by I don't know, a, another musician that's uh, – and, and you want to be a working musician, for example, and they're out there working, they can kind of show you things and guide you um, in a way that you might not otherwise be able to see mm-hmm. and that you might not otherwise pick up just from reading about or getting the content. Um, and I guess with a, a coach, the, the difference is that – or at least the, the, the area that I'm involved in, it's, it's all about understanding human behavior. So it's all about understanding what our drivers are, what motivates us, what puts us down, what mm-hmm. gets in our way, um, how, we, how we get in our own way, how we self-sabotage. <laughs> so it's understanding all of those links and then being able to, um, uh, by listening, by having a conversation with someone, pull apart and get a better and deeper understanding of what's holding that person back. Yeah. To allow them to really, um, to really fulfil themselves, and I guess that's what it's really about. The, the whole coaching thing is, you know, the, the traditional teacher is looking at the results that they're getting and going, "Yep, I've done a good year because I've got so many band sixes or mm-hmm. whatever the, the the benchmark is." Uh, and from a coaching thing, it's you know, h- how how are you holding up in your own world? You know, yeah. are you do you wake up in the mornings and you're loving life, or are, are you are you learning how to overcome your challenges, or are you getting stuck? Uh, so I think that's where the the coaching framework is different,
0: and so it sounds it's a bit broader. It's not just looking at one facet of uh, a teacher's day, for example. It's kind of assessing the teacher's life. Is that
1: oh, totally yeah? yeah. Um, uh, to share a story, I remember one of the times where this kind of really clicked for me was um, we had a, a small composition task that we had to uh, get done. And I'm having a chat with a student because this kid just was not getting it done. You know, it was due within a day or whatever it was. And uh, they were really struggling to get this thing done. And it was after spending a bit of time with them and having a chat and finding out what was happening in their world. And and basically, their world outside of school was completely falling apart. Mm -hmm. And if I step into the traditional teacher role, I wouldn't have taken the time. I would have said to the kid, you're wasting your time. You should be doing this in class. It's due on this day. Get on with it. And when you find out everything else that's going on, it all of a sudden puts it into perspective. And I think that's, uh, that's one of the differences. Yeah. Um, and, and, one of the things that I encourage the, the staff that I work with to, to take the time. The catch is it takes time. Yeah. And as you're aware in teaching, you know, the, the amount of time that we have available during the day is so
0: compressed that it gets used up by so many other things. But that's where you make the biggest gain as well. Mm-hmm. So you've been really fortunate. You've worked as a classroom teacher. Um, you're a talented musician yourself. Um, Thank you. <laughs> uh, you, you and you, you did training at the Conservatorium? Yeah, I studied, I studied a Bachelor of Music Education at the Conservatorium, yeah. Amazing. Now you're working at Surdon College here at Marylands, mm-hmm. and your bosses supported you coaching and upskilling um, teachers within your role here yeah, at a certain uh,
1: college. Uh, uh, being very fortunate in um, um, Trish Baker, the principal here is uh, some years back, you know, we sat down and said, look, I want you to try some of this coaching stuff that you're doing uh, outside of school and do yep. it uh, within within our environment. That's here.
0: amazing. That's great. It's pretty cool. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, it, it's very cool. Um, especially because at least for my way, I think, and, and having having studied this and having learnt about it, uh, and, and when I say learn about it, learn a fraction of it because there's so much there, so much growth still to go. Mm-hmm um but there's it, it can make such a big difference not just in uh, students' lives but in teachers' lives and i 'm a really big believer uh, being married to a teacher as well that um if a teacher 's kind of got their house in order, everything flows from that, and yeah. when they 're really struggling everything flows from that as well yeah. so in my experience the teachers that um have have had for me the biggest impact or the ones that i look at and really admire the way that they do things quite often you know they've got they've got a there's other things in the background there that are working that goes far beyond how good they understand this subject Mm -hmm. they've kind of worked out one way or another how life works for them yeah um so is that outside of school i think it's integrated yeah um one of the beliefs i guess that um Uh, that teachers sometimes have is that work is work and home is is home. Mm -hmm. But as as we all know, you turn up to work and if you've had a bad morning or whatever, it kind of can easily spill out into what you're doing during the day. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, i I think it's very integrated and and the interesting thing is that our students see right through it i was doing some research with this uh last year and just asking students you know can you tell when a teacher is upset or when they're fired up or whatever and Mm -hmm. they can just read us like a book Mm -hmm. um they can see straight through us they know it they've developed strategies to knock it in your way when when you're feeling like that yep so um i think it really makes a difference and uh, Trish, you know, Trish, through, through our conversations, Trish the principal was able to say, yep, how about we try some of this stuff? So mm-hmm. effectively, um, I've got a little bit of extra time in the timetable to uh, spend time with students, to spend a bit of time with teachers, to develop some ideas, to put together presentations and little workshops for the teachers and, and in some cases for the parents as well.
0: That's great. I, I like how you, you're you acknowledging the teacher as a human being, the whole person. Teachers are humans, are people, and yeah. and people... Uh, have great days, you know, have bad days and, you know, have have wins and are flawed themselves. So yep. it's, it's great to hear that where you're working is um, kind of acknowledging that. So what I wanted to do is let's get a bit of a timeline. So you were teaching and then what made you get into coaching so you you've got a degree in, or a certification in coaching yeah.
1: i'm a credentialed practitioner in coaching uh yep. so i did some study with the coaching institute in melbourne
0: so why uh, what made you do that
1: um so okay so around the time that i can't remember exactly but it was either before or just after my daughter was born so she's uh 11 now mm-hmm. um, so 10 11 years ago 12 years ago i started to to become more and more interested in mindset and um you know like i, I what I was really interested in, one of the things that really triggered it was um, to to study music at university level, you need to put a a good chunk of time and effort in it. And I was able to work out or decode how to get good at playing music. Um, But what was interesting is that when I tried to apply the same type of approach to some other areas in my life, so whether it be my relationship or whether it be my teaching, it didn't necessarily equate or it didn't necessarily just transfer easily across. So, you know, as you're aware, if you put in three hours of practice on your instrument you get that much better um but that doesn't mean that it works the same necessarily for a relationship or it works the same when you're teaching or any of the other areas of your world mm-hmm. so i became really interested in understanding mindset um, and it, it very quickly came to I came to the realization that a person's mindset just has so much to do with how they how they function um what their belief patterns are uh and and how ultimately how fulfilled and how much inner peace they carry with them mm-hmm. and so even now when i when i come across people that i kind of observe that in them um i without necessarily letting them know or whatever but i'm really digging around to find out what's making making them tick and that kind of grew into a bigger fascination right so what makes other people tick mm-hmm. um and all of it was a journey to work out how to become the best version of myself that's ultimately what it's uh what it's for me it's it's inner In a roundabout way, it's very selfish because I'm just doing it to become the better version of myself. But in Mm -hmm. so doing, it means that my wife gets a better husband and my um, daughters get a better father Mm -hmm. and my students get a better teacher and my colleagues get a better person to be around. So there's a lot of benefits. And so it it sort of came from that. And I attended a couple of seminars and I uh, remember uh, going to one in particular where um, I spent maybe half an hour with a coach Um, where we just sat down uh, in the little cafe area there and she within a very short amount of time within a couple of minutes or so had kind of deconstructed what what things were holding me back Uh, and for me it was just a life-changing moment i still remember uh, sitting there uh, you know facing her just with tears and snot and everything else coming out (laughs) and i just completely broke down because i had no idea that i had those things holding me back yeah um and at the same time, the teacher in me is going, how can you do that to me? I'm pretty composed and I'm pretty, mm-hmm. you know, uh, hold myself well, I, I think. Uh, and she was able to completely pull me apart. That's so the, awesome. the fascination with yeah. it was wow. And the growth that came from it was incredible. So from that point, I thought at some point, I know I want to get into, uh, really get my teeth into it a little bit more.
0: Mm-hmm. So there must be some skills that that coach had uh, applied to help oh, totally, un- yeah. uncover whatever it was that you were missing. Yes. So what are some of the strategies of a coach, you know, when you're, when you're talking? So what's, how, how would you describe the relationship, coach and coachee? Or is-
1: uh, I guess you can call it coach and coachee. <laughs> or, okay. Um, so what's, what's really happening is uh, all of us work with behavioral patterns. We, we all have these underlying, um, I mentioned beliefs. We've got, our, we've got values that we hold. And and so we all develop patterns. Now we either establish these patterns as kids, or we develop them as we're growing up. But quite often, by the time we're uh, young adults, we kind of have them in the background there. And for the vast majority of people, they've got these patterns there, and these uh, we we call them behavioural programs. Uh, So they're sitting there in the background, but they're not aware that they're in the background. So they go i want to um i want to insert whatever it is that they want to do right i want to become fitter i want to lose some weight i want to become a better musician i want to study harder whatever whatever it is i want to be better in my relationships um and depending on whether the behavioral patterns that they've got established if they're supportive they'll far easily achieve what that is and if those behavioral patterns are not supportive um then they'll really struggle and they end up mm-hmm. doing the same thing over and over again mm-hmm. so in, in a coaching situation, what we're really doing is pulling apart and understanding through a lot of listening yeah. um, what behavioral patterns this person has and then sort of in a way inserting the blanks to predict what's going to keep happening if they don't make the change. And so then then what it comes down to is making
0: that person aware of what those patterns are mm-hmm. and then implementing some changes. Do you find typically people are quite, um, they hold a lot of their cards to their chest when you're trying to, I guess, dig deep and, and understand and identify these behavioral patterns? Um, initially, yes. Um, part of the
1: training of coaching is to learn how to, uh, I don't know if this is the right word, but in a way, disarm
0: that mm-hmm. so that you can have the growth
1: happening. Yeah, yeah.
0: So and and keep asking, keep listening. Is there a lot of prompting and guiding, or uh, a lot of the time there's a lot of space.
1: Uh, so what what ends up happening is I love that yeah. y- you'll ask a question, uh, and the the first thing that comes up is usually whatever the um, uh, whatever the conscious mind is kind of thinking of at that time, and what we tend to do as humans is that we kind of. Feel uncomfortable in the space so we'll ask another question or we'll do another prompt and often what's needed is just that space, space. just to let the person f- dig a little bit deeper mm-hmm. um and and it's when you allow someone to dig a little bit deeper that the gold really comes out
0: wow and and i want to try and um unpack for people listening it sounds like the first part you mentioned there is you know you've got to focus on yourself um you know you mentioned with your training you to in order to positively affect these other areas of your life mm. you, you said you you had to focus on yourself what what was I going on with you to then kind of flow let that flow into the rest of your life
1: i think that that's been my approach and mm. that, that's what's worked well with me it's also what's worked well with uh the 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 coaches that i looked up to the mentors that i looked up to the other mm. teachers the other musicians um you know I, I also look at um other relationships and go "Wow, well, what can i take from that mm-hmm. so I, I look at the whole big picture yeah and what i consistently keep finding is that the people that are doing things to look after themselves are in a far better position to do a whole heap of other things for the people around them okay so, we'll so go that, that's my that's been my approach
0: yeah and going back to that timeline so you had this meeting with a coach you've had a uh, incredible experience mm. um you then were able to achieve some successes through that coaching experience?
1: Uh, I was able to let go of stuff that was holding back and that's probably been one of the biggest learnings is that we kind of grow up having a belief Uh, And we hold on to that belief and Mm. never really question it, never really challenge it. And you often hear people saying, it's just the person that I am.
0: Like, what kind of beliefs? Oh, okay. Well,
1: one of them was, um, for me, like, understanding money and understanding how money works was a really big belief to to let go of. Yeah. So, uh, my dad uh, always worked as a labourer from the time he came to Australia. So, work for him was you go out you work really hard and if you want more money um you work harder and you do overtime Mm -hmm. um and so as a upcoming musician i would um uh, you know learn learn to learn to play a song someone would come along say, hey can you teach me that i'll pay you for it Mm -hmm. and even understanding that it was okay to get paid to teach someone else some music which for me wasn't hard work and for me was just a lot of fun Mm -hmm. um even learning how to overcome that was a big challenge for me yeah um Another one for me was, I mentioned before, you know, when, when you're studying music, you tend to put in a good chunk of time to get good at it, um, which meant that I found it harder to enjoy music because I'd always be expecting myself to nail it and get it at a very high level. And I, I had to kind of re-teach myself that it was okay to have fun with music, even if it's the simplest song and even if it's got only a couple of chords and, and yeah. it's not that challenging, that it's okay for music just to be fun. So that was
0: another learning. Yeah it's interesting the mindsets that we do hold because i'm hearing you mention those things and i feel like that kind of resonates with me um with you know that sometimes unrealistic expectation we hold to ourselves and then that that must be hard to i guess um you know if you do want to achieve goals yeah i understand what you're saying you know how those preconceived ideas can affect whatever you want to achieve yeah
1: yeah so i grew up um with a understanding that for whatever reason i was good at music now uh the people that knew me knew how the the amount of work and time and effort as you're aware that you put into getting good at anything Mm -hmm. from the outside people are you're just good at it but it's not really like that and i've kind of taken that approach to every other role in my world so if i want to get good at teaching what does what does that look like Mm -hmm. and for me and it's different for everyone but for me it's um i kind of worked out a long time ago uh that or, or through this process that if i learned more content or if i got better at an instrument or uh, none of that really made that much of a difference to whether the students were picking it up or not um but the thing that made a big difference was how i conducted myself so yeah. uh, looking after myself making sure i'm coming into the class and i'm at ease yeah. uh, making sure that i'm consistently making the learning process enjoyable um it's, it's one of the beliefs, you know, that, that people often have is uh, learning stuff is hard or learning isn't fun because they've had an experience where it's taught them that and they kind of lock into that. Mm-hmm. So for me, I kind of reconstructed the version of myself as a teacher uh, in this context that I wanted to be, uh, to be able to allow me to do that. And, and what I hope, and maybe you should, you know, go and ask some of the students and find out from their point of view. But mm-hmm. at least from my take, yeah. we come in and we just have a good time.
0: Did you want to pursue coaching outside of education or were you always in the back of your mind, I want to bring this practice into the educational realm?
1: I, um, When I first started it, I would have loved to straight away dive into with the teaching side of it, mm-hmm. uh, which which I did. And I was thinking i 'd love for this to expand and, and um, th- there 's like too much gold to hold on to yourself you know it 's kind of you want to spread it out with everyone around you yeah. so that, that was that was the thinking at least with me and so the, the only issue was that i couldn 't see any roles where um, that was really um, i guess fostered or harnessed so when I was going through it, I think, well for me to really pursue this I kind of I might have to sort of step away from the teaching and pursue it a bit more mm-hmm. and what's been really rewarding is finding opportunities within the teaching environment to do it I think we've got uh, any any teacher who I guess relate to this that we're, we're just constantly in front of other people we're constantly influencing, and so we have a, a great opportunity to to make some really big impacts on the lives of the people in front of us mm-hmm. um, and I think it starts with making sure you're having a really big impact on your own life as well.
0: So a big part of coaching is goal setting. Would you say uh,
1: it's it's a part of it? Yeah, yep. because if what I say to the students, if you if you haven't got a target, you'll hit it every time, and if you've got a target, at least you'll know where you're going. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's also going through a journey of, of evaluating whether the goal is still important to you. Uh, because sometimes That's what really happens cool. is as as we grow as as we develop that goal which we thought was really important now eh, isn't as important anymore mm-hmm. you know be, before the podcast i was mentioning that one of the things i wanted to do growing up was be a working musician uh, and love the idea of it and i still remember seeing in a guitar magazine there was this diary um it was a, it was an ad for guitar strings or whatever but in the diary the musician had like 10 o'clock uh uh recording session then like one thirty uh rehearsal for this mm-hmm. then 10 o'clock is the show and then the following day and the whole diary was full and for me i thought how cool would it be just to have your diary full of stuff like that yeah and then then you've got your diary full of stuff like that mm-hmm. and i'm looking at it going it's not fun so it for me it went from something that i really wanted to do to be a working musician and then i do it and I'm going, oh, I'm not enjoying it the way that I thought it was. But yeah. I would have never have known that without actually doing it. So sometimes it's not just setting a goal. It's also... Checking in and working out whether it's the right direction for you.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, only know what you know until you try. Exactly. Yeah,
1: <laughs> try something new. Yeah, but the the difference is though that at least if you've got a target, um, you're moving in a direction. And if you haven't mm. got a target, you could be going anywhere, and you're not too sure. Yeah. So I think that to that level, I think the goals are really important.
0: So when you work with um, your teachers, is there wh- what does that roughly look like a, a standard um, coaching session over? Like, how long would it go for? Is there accountabilities? Could you share a little bit about that? Yeah. process?
1: Yeah, um, I guess we, the way that we make it work here is, oh, you're off class. I'm off class. Let's have a chat. Yep. And and that's we kind of slot it in to um, to the time that's available because we have the constraints of our timetable. Um, and what it's often been is, you know, the, the like I guess like, if I, if I make a generic example, so a teacher comes in and they're very stressed. Uh, highly strung too much stuff to deal with they've got emails coming out of their ears um they they've got students that they've got to follow up they've got this assessment to prepare for and and they're just not coping um mm-hmm. really well and so so and you know i'll ask well, what happens when you go home oh when i go home then i you know i've got to do the run around with the kids and this one does cricket and that one does basketball and i've got to be the taxi for the whole afternoon okay and so then what happens well then we get home and i've got to cook dinner all right so uh, what happens after you cook? You know, all right, then uh, after that, I get the kids to bed, you know, filling whatever the rest of the story is. And I'd say to them, so when when do you get time to yourself? And they go, oh, I don't. I have to wait for everything else to be ready. Yeah, so when mm-hmm. do you get time to yourself? Oh, well, no, I won't tonight. Okay, so when will you? And we, we sort of deconstruct it and quite often we find they're not looking after themselves. Mm-hmm. They're so caught up in looking after everybody else's needs um, and this is really common. It's a quite a quite a common uh, behavioural pattern for teachers. They, w- w- I, I keep um, referring to. Teachers have a servant's heart, so the default response is, "Yep, I'll help you," mm-hmm. which means it's recess time and you haven't had a break, and a, a kid will come and say, "Can I get help with this?" And your default, "Yeah, I'll help you," mm-hmm. but then it happens at lunch, and then it happens after school, and then you get home and you do the same thing, and it goes on and on and on, and eventually that that help turns into resentment mm-hmm. because it's like, "Well, I'm giving everyone else time, but my world's not getting better." Yeah. So, a lot of the time. It, it, the conversation very quickly moves from here are all my emails and I've got to attend to this to are you looking after yourself mm-hmm. and um, when when we sort of have that revelation I guess and and then we look at what can you do to start looking after yourself mm-hmm. what is it that you like and I've had you know whatever It it, it can be anything it can be as simple as i want to spend a bit of time strumming a guitar or uh, it could be i want to go and get my nails done or i just want to have a coffee before i go home or whatever mm-hmm. and quite often just inserting something really small like that has a massive impact not yeah. just on your day-to-day but also what happens at home as well
0: excellent i like that and again it's that idea of attend to yourself before you want to make even more positive yeah. contributions to you know the it world sounds
1: outside. selfish um, I refer to it as being healthy selfishness, mm-hmm. uh, and and if if you do it, it means that you've looked after yourself, and if you've looked after yourself, it's all good.
0: Mm-hmm. And you uh, you practice what you preach. I mean, we were introduced by a mutual friend. Yeah. So and, and I was just reading on your website as well about how you um, are looking after yourself. What does what, what does a day look like for for Marcel? You know, if oh okay yeah. Um, all
1: right. So some of the things that I've worked out. That and and it's different for for different people, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so part of the process is understanding what works at an individual level. Yeah. So some of the things that work really well for me is um, taking taking five or ten minutes to do some mindfulness or meditation activities. So uh, I do it in a variety of ways, but probably the main one is an app that I've got called Calm. But there's a whole bunch of these types mm-hmm. of apps, and all of, it's just a guided meditation. Um, and I found that I was feeling like i was busy all of the time and yep. feeling like i just didn't have time to scratch myself and feeling like i couldn't fit in all the things that i wanted to do um and through doing this mindfulness activity it's kind of just taught me to slow down and just pause and what's really interesting is that whenever you pause life you find that it's not that bad like you know regardless of whatever distractions we've got going on in our world we're pretty calm we're just sitting across each other here having a conversation and mm-hmm. there's no rush or anything like that yep. so it's it's learning to become very present um, and, and I found that by learning to be present, you can you can have a, a different perspective on, on things. Um, it's very easy to get caught up living in the past and very easy to get caught up in what's going to happen in the future. And meanwhile, time slips and then you blink. And, you know, in my case, my daughter's 11. You know, she mm-hmm. starts high school next year, but she was born yesterday, it feels like. yeah. Um, so a mindfulness activity is something that really helps me. Another thing like and part of my morning routine is that I'll wake up and that's kind of what I do. Yeah. Um, the, another thing that I do is I'll get um, – this comes from like training at gyms and so on, but I'll get one of these foam rollers and just roll out my body and just kind of um, loosen up the muscles, do some stretching and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So that process takes me, say, 10 minutes of the meditation and another five minutes for um, for doing the stretching or a bit of morning, you know, morning routine like that. Um, and so because of that, because it takes me 15 or 20 minutes to go through that process, I just get up yeah. half an hour earlier to make sure that I can do it. Uh, another thing that I found works really well for me is just sitting down and having a quiet cup of coffee. It's amazing uh, what what I've taught myself to achieve with that because if I've got enough time to make myself a cup of coffee, I can't be that rushed. Yeah. So as a strategy, when I'm feeling rushed, I often sort of just uh, put the brakes on and just go right. right i'm just going to stop everything and just have a cup of coffee mm-hmm. um and if it means that i'm arriving late to a meeting or whatever i'll just text the person hey i'm running five minutes late and and it sounds selfish but it means that i rock up to that meeting uh far better and a better mindset totally uh another thing that i do for me exercise is really important um being male and and having all this testosterone and all that kind of stuff i need to burn it off mm-hmm. so um i've worked out that at home if i'm uh, not being the best version of a husband or a dad that I can be, my wife will often remind me and say something like, why don't you go for a bit of a run, you know? Yep. And I've worked out that a solid 10-kilometer run burns off anything that I've got. So it doesn't matter if I'm getting aggro with life or uh, if I'm impatient or not tolerant or whatever, um, that works for me. Yeah. So because I know the exercise works for me, then another thing that I do is I, I aim to consistently exercise. You know, twice a week or so for me is, is like the sweet spot. Mm-hmm. Um Often I do more. Sometimes I do less. What I've worked out is if I don't do any for a week or two, like it shows up in another area of my world. It's mm-hmm. incredible. Like I'll be less tolerant in the classroom. Um, I won't handle the stresses that come along well. But if I've done it as part of my routine, like if I've done my meditation, I've stretched out a bit and I've done some exercise. And even after work quite often, I'll, um, I'll just go to a cafe and sit there by myself for 15 minutes and have a cup of coffee before starting the second full-time job of being a parent
0: i like that um, we always think about work and making sure we're ready for work but what if you took the time before you even come home and make yeah. sure when you walk through that door you were prepared mentally you had that mindset to serve your family
1: totally um uh, we my wife and i extend that to quite often um we aim to do this like at least once a week or so where uh, i'll get in the car Uh, we're both driving hey let's let's meet at a cafe and we'll just have a a coffee we'll get something whatever it doesn't really matter and we just take 20 minutes to ourselves where we just get that relationship time and you know something i highly encourage if you're in a relationship that you need to just like you've got to practice your guitar to get good at it you've got to you've got to put the time and effort into your relationships to make it work Mm -hmm. um so we do that and it means that we pick up the girls later that afternoon or they stay at after school care or whatever. But, but the difference is that when we pick them up, they've got the best version of their parents they can get as yeah. opposed to rushing around. We can't always do it, um, but it's it's one of the strategies. Yeah. So I guess there's some of the things that I do to, um, to look after myself.
0: That's great. And for people listening, I mean, how often have you stopped and assessed your own life? You get so caught up in... Every and I mentioned this here before we started recording. You know, you have that conversation with people. How are you? I'm flat out. I'm yep. busy. Um, everyone's constantly in this kind of, yep. <laughs> this yeah. crazy, hectic lifestyle where it's. It, it is something to be said for stopping and pausing I, and breathing. I'd extend that
1: as well to to teachers because um, this happens as well. You're so busy, caught up in uh, delivering your content, preparing the stuff for your classes, doing the marking that. We kind of forget to do what it is that we enjoy about our craft. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, this morning I, you know, had a block of time where I wasn't on class and rocked up to work and, and thought the first thing I want to do is just go and hide in the practice room and do half an hour of practice uh, on the saxophone for the band um, rehearsal that we did today. Mm-hmm. And from the outside, you know, someone might look at it and go, "Well." You know, you've got like 40 emails that you've got to clear. You've got to get this assessment task written up because that's due today. You've got this to do, you've got that to do. Um, and for me, it's, hey, this is just looking after myself. Mm-hmm. And what it meant is that by taking that little bit of time, I'm investing in my craft as well um, and reminding myself of why it is that I do this because it's just good fun. Yeah. Uh, and and from that space, I'm then tackling the emails and tackling the assessment tasks that need to be written and mm-hmm. everything else.
0: Is part of the coaching um, not having answers To problems, or is it more helping the coachee um, develop those skills that they need to, you know, live this life or achieve whatever their goal may be?
1: I think that the biggest part of it is just awareness. It's it's Mm. all about awareness. Um, It's making someone aware that um, do you realize that not looking after yourself means that you're not being a great parent for your kid mm-hmm. and when that realization hits and it sounds very blunt yeah. uh, and sometimes it feels to the person like you're whacking them in the head with something hard but that shake-up is the thing to go well wow you know and we say to them, so why do you work mm. well you know because I, I i do it because i've got to earn money so what do you need to earn money well i need to earn money so that i can support my family to for what purpose so we can have a great life great so Can't you just have the great life now Mm. um, and take the time and space to do it? Because you've got everything that you need to do it, Mm -hmm. but you've got to do it. You've got to follow through.
0: Yeah, because a great life uh, – you you mentioned something a bit earlier where we focus on the past or we're focusing on the future Mm. but not the present because, you know, a great life is the way – You say hello to your wife when you come home. The way you greet your your students when you walk in the... That's what your life really is. Yes. Yeah. And it's Uh, like how you're you're focusing on making sure you get that right.
1: Yep. Um, I find having children has really helped to, I guess, magnify or amplify some of the things that, that I go through. And what's really interesting is that I can work really hard at my work or I can bring in lots of money or I can do whatever... Um, And my daughters don't care about any of that. Mm -hmm. It's just not important to them. And children have this um, innocent childlike quality about them where they cut all the crap. You know, they kind of just filter out all that kind of stuff. Mm. Children are very good at being very present. And then us adults come along thinking that we know better and we kind of force them to think about the future or think about the things that they've done in the past. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of the things that really highlighted this to me is is I remember playing with one of my daughters and – I sat there holding—I don't know if it was Barbie dolls or My Little Ponies or whatever—making funny voices, and for them, that was the best thing that I could have ever done. Yeah, uh, and the
0: kind of—it's <laughs> the simplest thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so your daughters haven't—you know—commented on the way you answer emails or anything. Like. They don't care. <laughs> they don't care. Yeah.
1: It's it's so interesting. Mm-hmm. They don't. Um, you know, like for me, I prided myself on working as a musician, and they couldn't care mm-hmm. less whether you're out there playing the gig or not mm-hmm. uh whether you're playing in front of one person or a couple of thousand or anything in between what they care about is oh is dad smiling mm-hmm. is everything good is he at is he at peace with himself yeah um and everything else everything else just works from that space it's incredible love it, Marcel.
0: love it very noble what you're doing all right so where can we find um you know your teaching so y- you We've got the Good to Great Teacher Academy. Could you unpack that a little bit for our listeners and and where we can find some of these resources? So uh, the the Good to Great Teacher
1: Academy is a project that I've been um, working on, which is basically it's aimed at teachers. It's aimed at helping teachers become fulfilled, um, not only in their teaching role, but outside of their teaching role as well. Um, And it kind of guides you through the process of looking at what's important Uh, And being able to be very clear on what's important and making decisions based on that. Mm -hmm. So um, I gave the example before of, you know, often a teacher will say to me, yeah, my kids are really important. And then we start to prioritize it. And when we look at the priority, well, they're not that important based on the time and energy that you're giving them. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's kind of coming from a space of, so let me make some decisions about what I feel is important for me and then build my life based on that. And then looking at how we can uh, work that into our teaching environment, because by doing that, you then have you're coming from a completely different space to better influence the the students around you. It, it comes back to that thing that we said at the beginning, where you know if I want to teach someone how to play the solo from Rosanna, I'm going to refer them to the guy that actually recorded it on mm-hmm. the album and get them to show up because yeah. I'm not going to be able to compete with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's not it goes beyond the content, but the thing. Um, that all beats the Lugather at hands down is understanding my students and understanding their needs at an individual level and being able to help them specifically with what they need help with. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Goods a Great Teacher Academy is a course aimed at doing that. Uh, and I'm in the process of seeing if I can get it accredited by Nessa, but teachers can still jump on and, and go through the process themselves. Um, so to find that, it's at, it's off my website, which is www.misterviera.com, mm-hmm. um and the extension is uh, com slash good to great.
0: Good to great. Excellent. Can you give people listening, uh, what's a tip to, that we can... You know, adopt in our life to get that space to help find that clarity. What's what? What's the hot tip from Mr. Viera? Uh, my hot tip. Uh, it works really, really well. And you know, I mentioned that I do
1: a bit to look after my my health and exercise and all that kind of stuff, but not much beats a a nice uh, coffee with a cannoli from the little Italian bakery just down the road here. <laughs> and I kid you not, it's. Um, I often will um, talk to one of the other teachers. say, hey, let's just go and just have space. Mm-hmm. You've got to. You've got to. Um, you've got to put the space in there if if you leave the void the void's going to get filled with something so you kind of have to in the same way that you make a doctor's appointment and you keep it because you've made an appointment you kind of learn to make appointments with yourself and say this afternoon I'm going and having a cup of coffee or getting my nails done or in our case getting our hair done Chris as well mm-hmm. you know whatever <laughs> <laughs> uh whatever whatever the, whatever it is that that person needs so building space for yourself thank you very much myself thanks so much for having me it's been good fun
0: Oh,